Trigger warning. This episode contains adult content and may be distressing for some listeners. Pride Across the Ages is a collaborative project to amplify and celebrate the voices of regional LGBTIQA plus living in central Victoria. All episodes were recorded on Jar Jar land and we respectfully recognise that First Nations sovereignty was never ceded. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This project has been made possible with the financial assistance of Melbourne Pride and with the support of the Mount Alexander LGBTIQA plus steering group the Mount Alexander Shire Council and Main FM 94.9. Hello, my name is Rachel. I was born in Sydney in 1984 and I identify as bisexual. I'd like to define bisexuality because it can often be thought of as being bisexual is um, there's bi, there's two, so I'm attracted to males and females, but I just wanted to clarify the definition of bisexuality, which means that I'm romantically and sexually attracted towards more than one gender. Um, it can also Bisexuality can also be defined as romantic or sexual attraction to people regardless of their sex or gender identity, um, which can be known as pansexuality. I identify as bi because it's, it's an easier word that lots of people who aren't queer still understand that that means I'm queer. But if you say I'm uh, pansexual, a lot of people don't understand um, what that means. In the LGBTQIA+, um, B is the third letter, yet it feels to me and to a lot of bisexual people like that has been the invisible letter. Um, I have always felt like I was never queer enough to belong to queer culture and for the majority of my life I have spent uh, feeling like an ally rather than someone who belongs within the community, especially um, when I've been in a relationship with a male and I feel that that my bisexuality was made invisible when I when I entered a relationship or I got married to someone who identified as male. That invisibility uh, carries on even more when you have children, I think, because in so many ways, when you look at my family, we look quite heteronormative and a very, inverted commas, straight presenting. And... Um, there's just a lot of assumptions that people make about sexuality and gender when when you don't look very queer. Um, I was born in Sydney, but I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Brisbane. Um, I feel like I had a very suburban um, upbringing, very uh, middle class. My parents are both very well educated, but but they are also religious too. So we grew up, me and my siblings grew up going to Anglican and Pentecostal churches up until I was a teenager where my sister and I just refused to go. So 
sexuality and gender wasn't anything that was ever really discussed, uh, no dinner table talk, no stories like, you know, the, the wealth of um, literature we have now to share with our children about uh, diversity. Um, where I grew up, uh, you know, gay was a bad word, like probably most places in Australia in the early 90s. My uh, older sister is heterosexual. She's we're very close in age, all siblings. My younger brother is gay and he, he came out when he was fairly young. I have lovely childhood memories of cooking with my mum in the kitchen. God, my dad is a civil engineer and we used to go out sometimes and sit in cars and count cars. <laughs> Maybe go to airports or traffic lights or something and do that on the weekend. I grew up going camping and out to the bush a lot with my family. We would um, camp pretty at least every year we'd go to New England National Park and camp, um, which is out near Armadale in New South Wales, and, and camp there. I asked my parents quite recently what, how they remember me as a child. I actually got my eldest daughter's first, uh, so my eldest daughter is entering prep next year, and we got her transition statement. And to me that kind of read like a report card about her personality and the challenges and some of her strengths, and it made me uh, wondering um, what I was like. And my dad had one word for me, which was determined, and my mum had another word, which was bookish. <laughs> determined and bookish. <laughs> and I really loved reading. I enjoyed studying, um, but I, um, in my teen years, became extremely rebellious and smoked cigarettes and weed at school, you know, binge drinking that started um, at 16 and took me a long time to, to shake off, well into my 30s, I think, well into my early 30s. And during those rebellious, rebellious years, I had uh, lots of romantic and sexual partners, which were uh, men and women. In, in retrospect, probably some friends were non-binary, but we didn't really have that language back then. So uh, homosexuality was certainly not widely accepted where I grew up, um, but as young as I remember having crushes, I, I had them on both uh, males and females, um, but I always felt like I had to file the crushes on females separately, like... Um, like it was okay to have a crush, oh gosh, no, I don't remember, like on Daniel Johns or something. But if I had a crush on like Mariah Carey, it was different. It was like a, oh, I idolise her or I'd like to be like her rather than um, acknowledging that there was a sexual attraction. There's still a lot of stigma that surrounds bisexuality. I talked about it being the invisible part of the um, LGBT plus and, and different stigmas for males and females. I think being hypersexual well, or being seen as hypersexual because I am attracted to male and females or I'm just indecisive and haven't yet m moved into um, identifying as gay or I'm just experimenting and will wake up and go, oh, I'm actually heterosexual. That was just a phase. Another another thing when you when I've come out as bi, some people will say, "Oh, everybody's bisexual." 
<laughs> you know, everyone's attracted to everyone, but um, I think it's a really, a really different thing to to identify and understand yourself as bisexual than just to think that yeah, everyone can go to a party and kiss anybody. was my first love I couldn't I couldn't answer that um my first kiss was with a boy at um, a school dance I think I was in grade seven or grade eight his name was Gene Convery I remember that very well I was very excited to have my first kiss um even though it was completely disgusting (laughs) I think we just like binged on like twisties and apple juice or something and then had a patch on the dance floor and um so I had lots of crushes and um drunken passion um drunken passions and stuff throughout high school but I tended to get into relationships with terribly incompatible men um and quite possibly say that most of the relationships I had were pretty pretty incompatible people until I met my current partner when I met my current partner, I was 25. I'd probably had one of the most rotten years before I met him and decided that I was going to like put my head down and try and find someone I could have a relationship with. And I remember making a, a dating, it was an online dating, I think it was Oasis or something, made a dating profile and put myself as heterosexual. Just didn't even really think about think about that and possibly would have, you know, from, from what I understand now, not, not necessarily um, thinking about my current partner, but there is a lot of bias against people who have bisexuality written on a dating app and they often end up with far less uh, matches and connections. I really filed my uh, filed away my attraction to girls uh, when I was, yeah, 20, 25. Um, I decided I wanted to actually put a dating app, a dating profile together and find someone who would be more than a one-night stand or more than would be something more serious. I had my little heterosexual profile up there and um, I guess in that moment I've, I've filed my attraction to girls as experimenting even though it had been consistent and repeated, you know, all throughout my sexual history. I felt like adamantly heterosexual and straight and it wasn't until I met my partner my current partner on that um, dating platform we met a week later within a week I'd taken my profile down um, and 10 years later or 12 12 years later we're still together um, and have three children but it's only probably been the last couple of years Probably when I started post having two kids, finally having some time for myself and feeling like I needed to or feeling like I had to rediscover myself post having children, post, yeah, giving birth and rediscovering myself um, emotionally as well as sexually that it kind of dawned on me that I was completely bisexual and had been repressing that for so long because out of fear of losing my partner 
um, out of uh, fear of uh, shame, feeling shame, um, the fear of even just coming out. Like it's almost like I, I don't mind people knowing that I'm bisexual, but I hate having to sit down as a like 37 year old to say, uh, to talk about my sexuality because mm. I feel like no one wants to know, no one really cares, and why, why am I not just focusing on my family? Like it's kind of deviant to even even talk about attraction and having a sexuality when you're a, a, a parent of young children. I think especially when you have babies, like I've had three babies who won't sleep without me. So like how can I have my body to myself when I'm, you know, constantly in that nourishing maternal role, plus adding breastfeeding and what that does to your hormones. So it is absolutely mind-blowing how, like, accepting and woke young adults are regarding sexuality and gender and um, looking at the TV show Sex Education as an example of the um, language and the, like, deep understanding of gender and sexuality that that kids have now is uh, such a contrast to when I went to school and when I was exploring my sexuality. Um, I was in my first year of high school and I had a, uh, a group of girlfriends. I remember one night we had a sleepover at one of the girls' houses and we all gave each other massages and ate dinner and, you know, stayed up giggling in bunk beds and everything. I don't remember anything more than that except that the next day I came to school suddenly everyone was calling me a lesbian and I was a lesbian. So I, I actually can't remember. Yeah, maybe I um, enjoyed massaging someone <laughs> a bit much or like I don't remember anything really sexual um, at all happening at, on that evening. But um, I remember being um, that day catching the bus um, home and just having this, this feeling that, oh, my God, I am a lesbian my life is over, my life is over. And so when I think about how accepting homosexuality was, it, it just wasn't, even though it was legal. Some while after that, a couple of years or, or maybe later that year, I had my first kiss with a boy and was just like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> I'm not gay, my life's not over. I can go and have this you know, no- normal tra- trajectory from, from here on. And then I, I, did, I explained before that I, I had a lot of sexual experiences with, um, with males as well as females and, and non-binary people. And, and I have another memory of um, catching the Brisbane City Council bus home. I bumped into a friend and we sat together on the bus and we were talking about love. And I, I remember saying, and, and this is without having the language of um, pansexuality at that time, but I remember quite explicitly saying, I don't fall in love with the person's gender, I fall in love with the person. And had that had a label back then, perhaps that's something I would have, you know, I would have been more comfortable with my sexuality through, yeah, through my teenage to, to 30s. And, um, but I didn't hear anyone else talking about that. In popular culture, 
bisexuality didn't really and still has very limited representation. It's kind of hard to think about bisexual actors or bisexual musicians or bisexual artists. Um, and a lot of the some musical art, artists that I, that I did always love, like Patrick Wolf, has been someone who's gone from identifying as bisexual to then identifying as gay. I found a comedian last night called Nina Omaya. Only I don't know very much about her at all, but she had this this. It, I, I watched a snippet of her stand-up routine last night where she gave a really good analogy of being bisexual, which was being bisexual is like being the girl from the taco commercial where the family's like, are we going to have hard tacos or soft tacos? And that little girl goes, why don't we have both? And she gets lifted up in a chair and everyone's praising her, except, this is this is what Nina said, except when you really are bisexual, then people will throw you on the floor and go, choose which taco you want. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can't have both. <laughs> I do feel like for a long portion of my life I wasn't being and probably most of the time I've been married, that I haven't been, I wasn't being honest with myself um, and that I was repressing and feeling ashamed of my sexual attraction to, to other genders. When I said before that I um, considered myself an ally for a long time, I, I've been attracted to, to queer people and queer culture and so many of my friends identified as queer, queer growing up and we just, I don't know, yeah, I'd meet people at parties, I'd meet yeah, girls or boys at parties and usually a one-night thing, but that was for all genders. <laughs> and... I did, I did not very successfully date a couple of females, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was parties, it was Brisbane, it was, you know, I was a teenager. The queer venues in Brisbane that, back then, so I moved, I moved to Melbourne when I was 20, so thinking of 18 to 20 years old, the queer venues were, the majority of them were gay, for gay men. Yeah. I think it's completely different now. I think you find... Yeah, all, all genders and sexualities at the clubs, but I'm too old to go clubbing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, just knowing myself and being being able to have a cohesive narrative about my life as well has. Um, made me way more comfortable with myself but also having a community like I um like I said before I've always felt I am too queer to to fit in with my straight friends um and too straight to fit in with my queer friends or to fit in with, with the queer communities or straight communities and to sort of go hang on I, I'm bisexual, which is legitimately part of the queer community, even though I'm really straight presenting mm -hmm. and look like I have a heteronormative um, relationship with three kids, that I don't 
you know, that I can attend queer events as a queer person. Whereas three years ago, I was attending queer events as an ally. I feel like I have a community now. But I probably still have to say that in that, I feel like when I'm in those queer spaces that I have to justify why I'm there. When I first went to Rainbow Family's playgroup, I guess I felt like I had to explain why I don't look like a Rainbow Family, but I belong there as more than an ally. I feel like Mount Alexander is is a safe space to have a family. We lived previously in Central Goldfields mm-hmm. in Maryborough. Absolutely not. Absolutely not a safe place. Not safe in my workplace. Um, not safe in the community. To be queer. Especially to be queer but look like I'm not. Yeah. So, like, I know some same-sex families, same-sex couples with families who live there and they are accepted. But in saying that, yes, I feel safe in Mount Alexander in Central Vic and Bendigo and Ballarat, I think, are fairly accepting. There's probably some people I haven't come out to who are in my close circles just because... Just because it doesn't come up. I feel like I it's a little bit awkward to bring up. Hey, you know how you you know how I look really straight? <laughs> well I'm not. I like women too. Yeah. But I do feel there's safety here and I feel like there's a excuse me, Rami. There's a there's a growing community as well and I think um even the there's a fantastic Facebook group which is by community of Melbourne which has been like a really nice support as well or, or being someone with a family with young kids it's really hard to go to events and talk and to find people who want to speak to you because you feel like no one wants to no one wants to get to know you if you've got kids because you're going to have an interrupted, distracted conversation that's going to be cut short because you need to do a nappy change or whatever. But the Rainbow Families playgroup has been amazing because it brings together uh, all these people who are queer in all the different ways but also are used to having interrupted conversations. <laughs> and you, and they, they bring in other kids so your kids have someone to play with. Um, so they're less likely to to interrupt your conversation. Yes. <laughs> I work in schools and I have young kids and especially with my young kids we talk about uh, gender and sexuality a lot because I want them to grow and to be as comfortable as they as they can be within their own body. And I only properly came out this year. The reason why I came out as bisexual when a lot of people will just go, oh, who cares, <laughs> or oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Because um, I'm, you know, edging towards 40 and I have a family and three children. But it is important for me to acknowledge my bisexuality so that hopefully others who might be feeling shame or confusion or 
filed away their attraction to women as uh, an idolization or something. Uh, hopefully, by me being uh, open and proud, will help young people and older people maybe find more comfort within their own sexuality. podcast has been produced by Shireen Clow, editing and original music by Amy Chapman, interviews conducted by Shireen Clow and Amalia O'Hara. A big thank you to all participants for sharing their stories with such wonderful generosity of spirit. If anything within this episode has been upsetting for you, please reach out and call the dedicated LGBTIQA plus helpline switchboard on 1800 184 527 or Lifeline 13 11 14 Kids Helpline 1 800 55 1 800